Good morning and welcome back to another special edition of Work Human Radio. I am your normal in-the-office host. But for now, uh, we are going to be doing some special video series now that we are all on, on lockdown. Uh, Steve Pemberton will be talking to a bunch of guests. And as you've been paying attention the past couple of days, uh, daily we are putting out uh, new content with new guests and people in the Work Human community. Um, we had already scheduled to talk to Lars Schmidt, who is the founder of HR Open Source. He's been on the, uh, the speaking circuit. He's been a resource for many people in HR uh, for a very long time. We had planned on talking about talking to him originally before this all happened, um, but since it has happened, uh, we have gotten wind that he is putting together an open source document. Um, on his platform for everything relating to COVID-19. And so uh, Steve sat down to talk to Lars about that and what ways HR professionals are, are dealing with this. So here's Steve Pemberton talking to Lars Schmidt. Hi, everybody. I'm Steve Pemberton, Chief Human Resources Officer at Work Human. And today, as part of our Keeping Work Human series, I'm here with Lars Schmidt. Lars is the founder of Amplify Staffing. He's the host of the 21st Century HR podcast and the creator of the hashtag coronavirus HR uh, hashtag and community resource guide. Uh, Lars has been a mainstay in the HR community for more than 20 years, uh, and he has witnessed uh, a lot of change, but nothing quite like this, which is what we're here to talk with him about. So, Lars, thanks for being with us today. How you doing? Yeah, Steve, I'm, uh, I'm hanging in here. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for uh, covering this important topic. Where are you? Yeah, I'm based in uh, Northern Virginia, outside of D.C., so kind of the suburbs of D.C. Yes. So when did uh, the seriousness of this uh, begin to hit your, your, your radar? Yeah, I mean, for me, it probably goes back uh, a month. I mean, actually, it probably goes even back to January. Like, even when this was starting to unfold in Wuhan, uh, I was tracking it just at, as somebody who was just kind of curious to see how it unfolded. And then about a month ago, you know, some CHRO and CPO networks that I'm in uh, started, you know, the, started kind of escalating. Hey, you know, how are you responding to this? How are you thinking about this? Um, right around that time, uh, Coinbase open source their mm -hmm. uh, COVID-19 response guide. And I, I knew that we needed to amplify that because we we're in uncharted territory as a profession. Uh, and so I wrote an article for Fast Company uh, where I kind of curated resources around how HR leaders were responding. Uh, and within about two days, that was probably a month ago now, um, within about two days, that was dated because things were unfolding so quickly. Um, and so that's what led to the Google Doc where I wanted to kind of crowdsource and open source uh, a doc where everybody could kind of add how they're responding, what they're doing. And at that stage of the pandemic, it was about, you know, who was asking their people to work from home, who was restricting travel, um, et cetera. And then uh, just kind of watching the document grow and watching the community really come together to share. Uh, it was amazing to be a part of that because I think that that was really valuable for a lot of practitioners that, you know, their executive team was looking to them for answers and uh, they hadn't been through anything like this. And so they were looking at their peers and fortunately their peers stepped up. Yeah. We're going to dive into that in, in, in a little bit. Uh, I, I, ironically, you and I are kind of on similar paths watching this, you know, from a distance. Yeah. Uh, and when you because largely because of SARS, which I, I had watched, you know, as well, and you began to see the same earmarks of the same kind of, you know, concerns. Uh, but I was particularly struck by the story of the doctor uh, who yeah. identified this very, very early on uh, when he saw several of his patients from the market in Wuhan 
uh, with very similar symptoms that he described actually as SARS-like in their impact and was telling the medical school class that this is what he was seeing. Uh, And then the reaction that unfolded to that news. And and I thought, uh, once again, leadership. I mean, that was one of the first things that came to mind, leading people in times of difficulty. Uh, And this is when all of the kind of the the post-doc is done on this. That is going to be one of the emerging realities of how leadership gets defined and celebrated uh, and, and acknowledged. So well, yeah. that, that kind of leads me to um, one of the first things I want to talk about is how are you seeing uh, the, the human and human resources manifest itself in the middle of this pandemic? Yeah, I mean, if there's ever been a time to emphasize the human and human resources, it's now. I mean, this is, uh, as we said, like this is something we haven't seen before. Uh, certainly at this scale, anything like this. And there are so many impacts of this on our employees, on our leadership teams, on ourselves as HR practitioners. And so I think really trying to understand that uh, the people are scared, they're anxious, they're unsure, um, and a variety of reasons that you may or may not know about are driving all of those things. So I think it's really important for us in the field to lean into the human side of what we do, try to practice, uh, you know, over-index on empathy and communication and understanding uh, and try to just understand the headspace that our employees are in. And frankly, also honor the fact that we're going through that too. Uh, you know, we, we have this unique role of kind of being the, the, the caretakers in a lot of ways to the, the business and the employees. Um, but I've heard the analogy a couple of times lately that, you know, if you're on a plane that's having trouble, you put your own oxygen mask on before you tend to those around you. And I think that's really apt for HR practitioners right now is we've got to make sure that we're doing whatever we need to do to practice self-care so that we can stay uh, you know, as complete as we can so we're in the best position to help our employees and our companies navigate this. What, what do you find at least uh, early on and, and, then, and then now, you know, what, what do you find people are wrestling with what are their what are their biggest concerns and what are some of the things that you are offering up in the way of thoughts, advice, counsel to them? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the biggest thing is the uncertainty, right? We don't know how this is going to unfold. We don't know how long this is going to be. We don't know how we're going to be impacted. We don't know how the economy is going to be impacted. We don't know how our business is going to be. There's so many unknown variables that are just at this stage unknowable. So we kind of have to work in the moment uh, and so that, I, I think in terms of like your, your personal you know, well-being, try to take that day by day, you know, week by week. Don't project out, you know, months and months because you just don't know what's going to happen. So kind of, you know, now is a great time to try as best you can to live in the moment. Um, but we're not able to do that as businesses, right? As businesses, we have to be thinking about how that may, how what may unfold might impact our business and how we'll have to adjust accordingly. So it's really a balance between that. I think my best advice for practitioners is this is where you really need your peer networks. Um, you know, hopefully you've got those curated, whether locally, through your, your VC firm, through uh, SHRM, CIPD, whatever it may be, but lean on those networks. You're going to need to be talking to peers that are going through the same things that you are, experiencing the same things you are. Um, and that kinship of people that know what you're going through, uh, I think is going to be invaluable um, during the next, you know, couple of weeks and months. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I mean, you're, you're obviously in a role where you're a CHRO of a large global organization. Like, how are you guiding 
uh, guiding the company, you know, through that? How are you, you know, kind of tapping into your own peer networks? You know, in many ways, I, I think that HR is almost uniquely equipped to deal with changing realities because HR just puts you in the life streams of both individuals' lives and the company uh, life uh, as well. And so, you know, on a daily basis, we're dealing with oftentimes individual uh, crises in, in someone's life. Um, you're also dealing uh, with the other side of it, which is uh, enormous gratitude and, and life events. Um, as this is all going on, people are still getting married and and children are being born. Uh, and so, you know, I, I've always felt that my, you know, you, like your primary responsibility um, is in, in the middle of a crisis, safety and wellness of your people. Yeah. And what is it that you have to do to make sure that they feel safe and well? Uh, and also, largely the importance of anticipating. Uh, so, with, with my team, global team, I have a, I have a daily huddle in the morning, uh, and then uh, one at the end of the day. So, as these facts on the ground emerge real quickly, we are to some degree anticipating um, it. And uh, so, in Massachusetts, for example. Uh, one of our offices shut down uh, by decree. What did that mean for mail? What did that mean for, and who goes into the office? Make sure the office is, you know, it's all of those. You're really very tactical now about, and at the same time, you're trying to respond, as you rightly point out, to the tremendous uncertainty. And I do think that people leaders have a particular responsibility to inspire confidence, actually. that though, so, so we don't know what the circumstances are, but what we do know is that whether as a recruiting team, we've hired a really talented workforce um, that's going to be prepared for whatever those realities actually are. And then the other, which I want to get your thoughts on as well, uh, just telling the stories of those individuals who are on the front lines of response, yeah. uh, from nurses and doctors uh, to the hourly worker, those in retail, those in construction. Uh, in, in some ways, I find it to be almost this recalibration of humanity. You know, after all of this time, uh, constantly looking up, you know, to how many Twitter followers do you have and, the big title and all, and now you're kind of seeing uh, that you need the whole organism that is humanity. And in this specific time, it's the unseen, really, yeah. that's propelling society forward. They're almost literally buying us the time for you know the so-called leaders that are supposed to be above us to kind of figure it out. Yeah, I mean, look, I think whenever it is we come out on the other side of this, um, we're going to be changed right? Society will be changed. I think that there's some lessons that we're going to learn in this. And you talked about leadership, you know, earlier. Uh, I think we're going to see some amazing examples of leadership and people stepping up and what to emulate. We're going to see the opposite of that. Some, you know, horrendous examples, lack of leadership and the real cost um, that that has. And so I think, uh, you know, honoring those people that are on the front lines right now, um, it's amazing. And it is, in a lot of ways, it's kind of inverting some of the, you know, the social structures of what we thought we valued and what we thought was important. And it takes an incident like this to really help us understand the greater picture of the, the overall ecosystem and how everybody plays a part in that. And it's not, you know, the haves and the haves nots. 
And so I think that, uh, I, I think as we come out of this, having that recalibrated sense of um, value and worth and contribution to the role that everybody plays, um, I think will be a, you know, a great thing for humanity. We're going to have some pain before we get there, uh, clearly. But when we get on the other side, I think that it, it's going to give us an opportunity at scale in a way that we haven't experienced as a collective um, to really rethink some of those things that uh, I think we felt were important before this began. I was talking last night with uh, a friend of mine who's um, an ER doctor uh, in in Chicago, and and he was making you know exactly that point. He was talking specifically about his staff, and he was just relaying to me at tremendous risks to themselves. And so he gathered a staff around them, and he said, you know, look, if any of you here want to step out and say it's too much. Um, you know, he goes, I completely understand no judgment. Uh, and he, and he said, he, 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 his exact words were, it brought me to tears, uh, just watching, uh, the response of these individuals who said I'm, I'm needed. They're shifting roles in the hospital. He's getting masks from different parts of the country without even asking, you know, humanity is going, um, to, to emerge out of this a lot more humble yeah, uh, and a lot more appreciative. Um, but I want to ask too, just about these adjustments that, um, that are also happening on, on, on the home front in a lot of different ways. You know, for years, HR, we've said, we want people to bring their whole selves to work. Well, now they are because, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at what appear to be boards on your wall. So, you know, you and I could have talked, you know, 10, 15 times and I would not have known uh, that that was a passion uh, of, of of yours, right? And we're seeing this on a, on a lot of different screens. There's also coming with some other things too, right? Uh, I was just on a call, and uh, one of my colleagues' parent was kind of walking behind. I thought that was fantastic, by the way. Yeah, gifts a, a lead, people leader is going to have to have in terms of this new way of working. You know, I think that uh, for for most companies, this was a bomb dropped out of you know nearly nowhere. And even if they, if even if it was on their radar, like the the velocity of which things changed, um, through which you know you're going to an office now. If you have employees that have the ability to be remote, you know that's certainly a privilege. But for those that do have that privilege, now they're all remote, and now schools are closed. And so you know, if you're a parent, your kids are home. Maybe your spouse is home. Maybe you're both working. Maybe, you know, you have Zoom meetings, your spouse has Zoom meetings, your kid is taking, you know, Zoom courses, your Wi-Fi is getting stripped, uh, you know, so now people have to cut their video because there's not enough bandwidth in the house to allow everybody to do those things. So it's like, it's all these adjustments. And I think for HR practitioners and really business leaders in general, you know, we're, we're in week two of this in the U.S. in terms of, you know, for the most part, schools mostly being closed, people mostly being remote if they have that privilege. And I think that uh, the adjustment period is there. Like, you know, for companies, I heard a lot of HR people saying, does anybody have a policy around uh, how to, you know, have people work remotely when their kids are home? But like, this isn't a time for a policy. You know, this isn't a time for a, a documented procedure. This is a time, again, getting back to that human and human resources. Let people experience this. Like, they, people are all going to have to make their adjustment. Like, yes, work still has to happen. Of course, people still have jobs. Um, you know, projects still have to, businesses still have to run. But I think we have to be, in, especially in this early transition period as people are figuring out this new, you know, family rhythm, work rhythm, et cetera, of what our new normal is right now, have some period to allow people to make that adjustment. You know, be empathetic to what that transition means 
And I think once people settle into that a little bit more, um, you know, then I think you can try to establish, okay, what works for you in terms of work? Like clearly if you're, um, you know, my wife and I, so we have two uh, daughters, five and three, my oldest is in kindergarten. My youngest is in pre-K. Um, we started, you know, we're homeschooling them here. We just got word. I live in Virginia. Um, our schools are now formal, officially canceled through this year. So kindergarten's over. So that's on us. And so we are kind of trying to take mm-hmm. turns and my wife is doing lion's share of this and she deserves all that credit, but I'm trying to you know, pop in and block out you know, hours of day where I can be yeah. an art teacher, a science teacher, whatever. And that's just, and I'm, I'm building work around that schedule. And that's the reality I think so many people are in. So, um, but I think one is just honoring this adjustment period that, you know, we can't expect people to go from what they were doing to a radically different thing and be, you know, optimized and efficient overnight. That's going to take some time. And it's also going to take companies to really rethink their priorities, um, their project deadlines, their deliverables, you know, and that, that, that full, you know, calendar of everything they expected they were going to be doing in January, it's not happening anymore. You know, and you have to be realistic about that. You have to adjust and really prioritize what's important um, to the business and what's realistic based on the situations we have today. Yeah, I mean, you always have realities in the middle of uh, your best strategy. And boy, is that boy, is this a reality? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and yet, um, you know, this this um, the importance of of understanding, though, you know, this this wonderful tendency to just pour in to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do that uh, without getting burned out? Uh, without yeah. you know, a lot of global teams, for example. Uh, and you're, I mean, they're on, they're on pretty much all day because of time zones and responsiveness. Yeah. And you suspect at some point people are going to start hitting the wall. I mean, what are the things, and you're going through that yourself, right? You're, you're, you're popping in and out yeah. uh, with your daughters and, you know, how do you, how do you find the time to kind of keep uh, moving forward? You know, I, th- I think having boundaries and having as close to a schedule so there's some consistency for me, um, I found that helps. And I think part of what we have to also layer into that is just the general, you know, the news and the circumstances all around us. You know, for me, um, you know, I mentioned that Google Doc, you know, kind of during the peak of this transition, uh, I was, you know, up at all hours updating that. The Google Doc, you know, I couldn't even get into it because of peak traffic. So I'd have to wake up early in the morning so I could go in and update before traffic spiked. And I think that constant fire hose of news and information, you know, took its toll on me. Like, you know, I, I broke yeah. down that first weekend and I'm just like, okay, like I can't, I can't do it like that. I've got to create some space and some boundaries and, and really walk that line of like wanting to be informed, wanting to be productive, wanting to be, you know, prioritizing, um, you know, family and being you know here to kind of help everybody here through that adjustment. So I think it, it's really, it's going to be an individual thing. There's no playbook for this. So I think every individual has got to kind of figure out what rhythms work for them. But um, what I would recommend is like having, you know, having breaks, having balance, um, you know, be productive when you can find the times that work for you and your family of when you can be productive from a work perspective, find the times when you have a break and you're stepping away from that. Just like with news consumption, um, you know, have, have periods of time where you're making sure that you're informed, you know, what's going on. And then periods of times where you're blacking that out. And there's a term I've heard on Twitter a lot lately called doom surfing, right? Where it's like now a lot of the content is just, you know, doom. Everybody's like, don't doom surf before bed. Uh, that's great advice. I think you want to limit your doom surfing, uh, especially over the next, you know, couple months as this, uh, you know, continues to escalate. 
Yeah, and um, you know, I, I think a companion point uh, to doom surfing is blame surfing. Yeah, um, and another thing to avoid. Uh, you know, there there will be no there'll be a time for that, uh, but to be really purposeful about ha- having like have your fractions right. You know, yeah. if two thirds of your time are spent in in kind of things that are the negative and and reinforcing the negative that just that is going to seep into uh you know these really self-contained environments um that we're all in i mean it's just impossible finding that's a great point to find the balance between being informed uh but but um having that so jade you because you you miss these other things i'm sure that are coming through in your google doc about um, yeah, I, I have almost like a fraction in my mind. So yeah, I'm going to see the negative things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy, I, I see so many other stories of how humanity is responding. Yeah. Uh, that dwarfs all the doom surfing that you might do. Right. I mean, I, uh, I'll go Mr. Rogers on you, but look for the helpers. Right. And I think that that analogy is, is this, this, this is a situation where humanity as its best rises up. And you're seeing that all around the world, right? It's from, um, you know, I saw a video the other day of uh, police in Spain in the lockout and they were, you know, driving around making sure everybody was respecting the stay-at-home orders. Um, but then they'd go in the neighborhood and just stop everybody to get their cars and they had guitars and they would sing um, mm. for all the residents. You know, people singing on their balconies in Italy, um, people all around the world at 8 p.m. honoring all the first responders, right? So, like, that's happening everywhere. And I think that we, you, you have to be deliberate about looking at them. Actually, on Twitter, um, I'm saving a lot of those tweets. So I have something that I can reference, right? And I want to find a way to compile all of that to be able to, to you know, showcase for other people if they're down, be like, you know, look for the helpers. So there's, you know, there's that. I think we have to make sure that we are intentionally seeking that out to kind of balance, you know, the gloom. Yeah. And you have to seek it out a, l- a little bit uh, more aggressively uh, yeah. than, than we have, you know, in, in, in the past uh, when so much, uh, I think when we look at culture, and life prior to this, the, the gravitating, you know, to the negative as a either in some cases just as a flat out business model. I mean, it's a business model in the world of media negativity. Yeah. It's a business model in in the world of media. It's a business model in the world of politics. Yeah. Uh, and now you're having because that won't get you out of it. No. Because at the at the end of the day, you're you're still there's nothing that is solution. It's like hatred in that sense. It solves nothing. Yeah. It's not help you navigate, uh, but the other things, the humanity, the, the the impact, the small things, that is really what propels uh, life life forward. And historically, we see it regrettably most often in times of natural disasters or in, in times of war where humanity just stands together. Yeah. Um, but it's often localized. Rarely is it global like it is now. I mean, this is truly... Uh, a much more global response than we could have ever uh, anticipated. So, um, well, lastly, I want to ask just about, you know, the, the family and how are the girls adjusting to, uh, you know, life, the, the sudden change? How much of it do they understand? And uh, any, you know, more less as a, you know, HR leader and, uh, and more as a parent? I mean, how are you talking to uh, your children, your young children about this? I mean, we, we yeah, like we've been, you know, pretty candid with them um, from the start because I think that we, you know, my our oldest is you know, almost six. 
our youngest will be four next month. So they're, they're old enough to have a sense of what's going on. Um, and obviously with, you know, school. So we got the word yesterday that uh, the Virginia schools are closed for the rest of the year. And so we had had that conversation, you know, with our oldest that her kindergarten is over. And, um, you know, I think that there was, you know, she was sad about that. She's going to miss her friends and her teacher. Um, but I think as a whole, they've been upbeat. I think the hardest part for them is, you know, we've been social distancing for, we've been pretty much on lockdown here since uh, a week from Friday. So going on almost 10 days now. Um, and uh, I think the hardest part is not seeing uh, my wife's parents uh, who are nearby because they're, they're super close. And so we're trying to, you know, they're, they're older. We're trying to kind of hit the, you know, 14 day mark to just ensure that, you know, they, you know, they're clear, we're clear, and then we'll try to figure out like how we can, how we can come together. But that, um, that's been the hardest part, you know, for the girls. I think that they've, um, you know, they're adaptable. They, you know, they love, uh, you know, my wife has been amazing at uh, keeping, you know, looking at things we're going to do and building a schedule and, um, you know, making sure that learning continues because I think that's the big uh, challenge a lot of parents have is that, you know, you, you can't just lose a half a year of learning, uh, right? I think that, that that's really important. And so again, this kind of comes back to the open source ethos, but it's been amazing to see how many um, both companies and individuals have, you know, ungated their materials, have made their education resources free, have curated, you know, live streams from zoos and museums and all kinds of different places. So there's a, I think humanity is coming together to try to, you know, ease that burden as much as possible. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, luckily they've been, they've been good. And I think as parents for us, you know, we've wanted to talk pretty candidly just so that they understand what's going on and often ask them if they have any questions for us. Uh, that we can answer because, um, you know, I think that that's going to be the most helpful for them. And then, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be uh, in a place soon where we can uh, get back together with uh, their grandparents. And, um, you know, I think that that once we hit that point, they'll be golden. So. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, from our, our work, human family uh, to your family, uh, wishing you the very best. And thanks again for all the tips and the insights and uh, for joining uh, me uh, uh, today. Um, and let's make sure that we, you know, kind of stay, you know, connected because you're right, there's a, there's a, there's a great need for information, uh, but also community. And there's yeah. you know, no better representation of that than the, the HR uh, community. Uh, one last thing I want, wanted to ask was about, tell me a little bit about the, the evolution of the uh, Corona's uh, uh, hashtag. Uh, specifically. Yeah. What, like, what kind of drove that? Well, you know, so I've been building communities um, for a long time, uh, particularly on social. So um, going back even before HR Open Source, and obviously HR Open Source has been a, a big community for that over the last you know, five plus years. And so with the Google Doc, you know, as that, uh, as that began to kind of go viral and spread, um, you know, I realized that, you know, for me, I'm in a really fortunate position that I've got an incredible network of global, you know, peers and practitioners that I can call upon for advice and answers. Um, but I realize that if you're an HR department of one, uh, and you're probably feeling incredibly isolated right now. And so in a lot of ways that Google Doc was for them is for people that don't have the, you know, big phone or friend networks to say like, how are you doing this? How are you responding to this? Mm-hmm. And then, so that next natural evolution for that, for me, was like, okay, we should have a unified hashtag uh, that we're all using so that uh, if we come across helpful articles, helpful resources, if we have questions, if we're just looking for kinship, you know, there's a whole section of people that are, um, that are in hospital HR, you know, obviously on the very front lines of this. They, you know, people like had a really bad day. You know, I need some help. 
And so seeing people come together, I think a hashtag is a great just unifying force for that. And I just wanted to make it easy for people to find you know, their community and share ideas. Yeah. Fantastic, Lars. Well, thanks again for joining us and yeah, my best to your family. Yeah, you as well, Steve. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the work that you're doing there. So thanks everyone for joining uh, me today and hearing a bit from Lars. Lars had a lot of great tips uh, and, and advice for managing a lot of uh, the realities, particularly I was struck by um, uh, his message about looking for the helpers uh, in, in a time of uncertainty. And in some ways we are doing that already with our recognize the good hashtag where we at work human are simply assembling stories uh, that are coming uh, to us uh, from all different parts of the world of how humanity is responding uh, in this moment of challenge. And that's hashtag recognize the good. So feel free to contribute uh, to that movement because that's exactly what it is and it shouldn't be lost on us just how important those stories uh, are as we all are managing, as are our teams and our families managing this time of uncertainty. Uh, for a deeper dive into our content in the days and weeks ahead, feel free to visit us at workhuman.com. And if there are topics or questions that you have for me or things that you'd like to see on a future podcast, please let me know that directly by sending me an email, steve at workhuman.com. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you soon.